These are godless times, Mrs. Snell. I'll we'll drink to that. Hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. I shot him six times. He's not human. It's got a death curse. He's a real. Get out of here! Can't you see we don't want you anymore? I'm the Lord of the Harvest. Listen, this cake is for my cousin and my sister-in-law. Okay, you guys filled it like my, you know what? It looks like crap. I'm busy working on this cake. What do I gotta babysit? For that, you get the head, the tail, the whole damn thing. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Oh, wait. Was she a great big fat person? Almost done, I. Shit! Ready? The ice is gonna break! Sometimes dead is better. Give me a keg of beer. Groovy. You stole my story. Break me off a piece of that fancy feast. You've had your whole fucking life to think things over. What good's a few minutes more gonna do you now? Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. She called it shiny. Werewolf for mitzvah, spooky, scary. Boys becoming men, men becoming wolves. It's the holiday season. When you stay with the great smell of brood, the great smell of brood stays with you. The cold never bothered me anyway. <laughs> The Carpenter Rants. Hey everybody, welcome to TCR. Three nobodies talking about the masterworks of the horror <laughs> film genre. And we're those nobodies. I'm Caleb. I'm Doug. I'm Kendall. Oh, this is week number two of our uh, deep dive into the Stephen King adaptations Uh that we like to call Hail to the King. Um, I have a really adorable confession to make really quickly. Okay. So when I was but a wee lass... It's not coming quick enough. Come on. When I was Um, but a wee lass... (laughs) 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 When I was a young warthog... I I don't know why I forgot to say this last week. It would have been perfect for the premiere episode. But I thought that Stephen King and Stephen Hawking were the same person. Mm. And mm. that when Stephen King had something really smart to say, he would sit in a wheelchair. And when he had something scary to say, he'd get out of the wheelchair. <laughs> Believe it or not, I was once dumber than I am now. (laughs) Wow. So there's that. And this was like last week? Stephen Hawking. I I learned the difference between the two when we started doing this. I (laughs) I like to picture her with like, she's like three or four and she has like newspaper clippings and like yarn like attached to them. You like, never see yeah. them together. 
she like whites out the the haw part of hawking and she's like it all makes sense it makes total sense i like that confession that's nice well that's me well folks um we will be doing a deep dive into the Stephen Hawking library when we finish this up. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. It's called Haw to the King, and uh, it's going to be... No. <laughs> yep. Um, we'll get... We're going to get... Dirty black hole. <laughs> we'll get rolling on that one. There's a guy. That, I get it. Yeah. I get it. He, he was in a wheelchair. I almost said he is in a wheelchair, but he's dead as hell. Oh yeah. Oh boy. R.I.P. Um, yeah. Uh, do you think there's a, a podcast out there that reaches books and like picks them apart like we do these movies? I hope not. No, nah, you know what? If that's your passion, not chase yet. It. <laughs> yeah, really. Who are we to tell you how to live your fucking life? I mean, who better to host that show than us? Yeah, I mean, my wife's a scientist, so there's that. That's right. She won't come on the show. <laughs> no. <laughs> Done. I, I'm just trying to connect the dots. <laughs> and failing. Uh, this is week two of Hail to the King, folks. Uh, deep dive into Stephen King adaptations. Uh, if you didn't hear uh, last week's episode, Carrie, it was a really good one. Um I had a lot of fun talking about that, and that is in the archives. iTunes, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Uh, check out the archives, yeah. folks. A lot of good stuff back there. Um, but this week, we are talking about... Uh, but we're coming out of the gate strong. Because you got Carrie, and you follow it up with The Shining. Mm-hmm. Um, this is uh, this is a really, really, really good movie. Um, yes. Good night, was, everybody. Yeah. I mean, there's, uh, and it's it's a big one too. So I, I don't I don't think we're gonna go through play by play of this movie because there's just too much. Um, there's this this when we were. Um, planning out this uh, series and I was like in my head I was like man when we get to The Shining it's it's intimidating because there's no way we can cover everything no. so I, we're just going to like streamline this yeah no I think so and I think there are things we can highlight and uh, we can definitely like broad stroke I mean I was taking notes at first and then I eventually stopped because I've seen this movie so many times um, that uh, I'm pretty comfortable just you know speaking on it um, but, uh, there's definitely some, some highlights of the film that I do want to hit. Um, but if you're looking for like a real deep dive into the, into like the weird stuff about this movie, there is that documentary room two, three, seven. Um, yeah, I tried watching it. Oh man, it's a hard watch. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but I heard it's, uh, I heard it is in depth. So, um, super in depth yeah. and they get the craziest motherfuckers to put on that thing. They're like, you seen this paperclip, man, this means Jesus is here and Satan's in the carpet and all this and that. And Kubrick was telling us that the whole fucking time. Yeah. It's a, it's this weird, <laughs> it's this, it's a weird, like conspiracy theory documentary about <clears throat> just already a super weird movie. So, <clears throat> yeah. Um, 
uh, adapted from the novel of the same name, and historically it's been known that Stephen King... Uh, does not like this movie. Does not like this movie. And we'll talk about that in a little bit, but Doug, I don't want to skip over uh, uh, our two segments here. Uh, Doug, could you sum this movie up for me in one sentence? Yes. Um, um, no, I can't. <laughs> there it is, folks. Um, it's impossible. Basically, to- guy goes crazy with uh, goofy wife and weird son and kills them all. <laughs> Except at the end of that, it's not yeah, true at all. Yeah, um, hotel, the fucking mountains. That's uh, a couple sentences. <laughs> no, I think they were all run-ons. It's good. Um, that counts. Uh, Doug, uh, I know, but for the uh, avid listeners, why don't you let us know what year this movie came out? I will as soon as my phone stops being stupid. This came out May twenty third, nineteen eighty. And uh, budget? My budget was nineteen million. And what did it make? Um, well, it's only listing the North American profit, That's which fine. was forty four point four million dollars. So All right, so double what they spent on it. Well, um, if you've been living under a rock, uh, this movie was directed by Stanley Kubrick. Yes. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm like dying on a hill here, but this is the best Stanley Kubrick movie. Do I know? I said, I think this think? is the best Stanley Kubrick movie. It's my favorite. Yeah, I think it's, it's definitely my favorite. I think it's the best. And I know that like. Um, I know that like 2001 is like groundbreaking and it is amazing and um, mm-hmm. I know uh, you know you have a Clockwork Orange and um, like Barry Lyndon I'm not stuff. a fan of that movie um, I didn't like it when I was younger I've grown to appreciate it just for and here's the thing about the Kubrick films like I don't None of them are like super compelling as movies to me, except for this one. Like they're just, they're just, they're just interesting to look at, right? So like, he just does things, um, you know, on the screen that I think are really unique and uh, just I don't know. His movies are just like I like to watch his movies just to get something out of it, but it's not like they're not really moving me through you know, like plot wise, again, besides this one, I think this one is the most, um, I think this one's most commercially, um, uh, gosh, I can't, I can't really think of what I want to say here, but you know what I'm saying? Like his movies play like these giant art films and this one has that aspect, but it also has like the, this this has broader appeal. It does. It's a, it's, it's a popcorn movie as well as this big, you know, artistic statement as well um yeah but um it's my favorite kubrick movie for sure and it is uh gorgeous too uh so i guess that's one thing we can like start with because right right at the top of the movie you just get these beautiful sweeping shots through the mountains um yeah uh and i think and you'll—it's just throughout the movie. Um, it's the same cinematographer who shot 
a clockwork orange and his name's escaping me but um it's uh you know it's just it looks like john alcott yep that's right uh it just looks like stanley kubrick you know what i'm saying like um scenes yeah. scenes like especially with the uh like the the bathroom scene that red men's room like it's just so you know yes. and, uh, the way the camera pans through things uh it, it's really beautiful and uh yeah, it's got it's its own style for sure yeah it's um i don't know it, it, the cinematography here's the thing this is a perfect storm of uh, exceptional things happening in, in this movie. Uh, Almost definitely. Writing, cinematography, acting, the score. Uh, the score does so much heavy lifting in this movie. Um, oh, yes. I was going to comment. The, okay. the score is amazing. You do. The, um, like, the use of human voice <laughs> in mm-hmm. the score so unsettling from the get-go. Yep. Um, yes. And yes. it... it reappears in pivotal other pivotal moments in the in this movie but just i never really paid attention to like the fact that a lot of like instrument the, is is voice yeah in the score there's a lot of that ghostly like yes yeah oh it's good it's terrifying it is um you know and, w- and you're just looking at these scenes but that score just like heightens them so and not just even the score i'm telling you man this movie i mean i can't imagine that people haven't seen it but if you haven't oh my god you gotta see this shining because everything just the use of color the use of sound when danny is riding the big wheel yes over the rugs and then onto the hardwood like yeah I have notes in here Something in all caps simple. about Danny's like swipping, swapping <clears throat> yes. from carpet to like hard floor and it's how un- unsettling that it's is. It's unsettling. Like it yeah. creates this kind of like I don't know, like uncertainty or jarring. It's not comfortable, and um, man, it's so good. Um, but yeah, right off the bat, the cinematography, uh, the score, uh, just I mean. He's he's setting a tone here, and you can. I mean, you said the budget was 19 million for like 1979, yeah. 1980. That's that's a lot of money. Um, so, but I mean, you see it. It's all on the screen. Like they did not waste a penny of it. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, so we can kind of jump in here. Uh, what we're seeing is we're seeing Jack driving up to uh the overlook uh and that's where we meet jack torrance who's our uh our main character um and now here's this so i've read the book uh and i've seen the movie so there are a lot of differences but mostly the book is just laser focused on jack's uh alcoholism and his just slow descent into madness which is like a through line to this movie too, but it's just way more, uh, it's way more up front in the book. Um, but, uh, so I don't, I don't know why, I don't know why Stephen King dislikes this movie so much. Um, I think it's because he wrote a script for it. And then when, um, when Kubrick came on, he like he had a vision for it so he just threw that script out and wrote his own i don't know 
Um, I think he's mellowed on it a bit, but he used to hate it, like viscerally hate this movie. Um, yeah. But now he seems to just be like, whatever. In fact, they he did write the sci-fi miniseries. Did you ever see that? I did. That was more uh, book-related. Yeah. With the dude from Wings. Yep. Um, yeah. Paul McCartney. And the girl from... Um, <laughs> Yes, Paul um, McCartney starred in. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The sci-fi's original, The Shining. Uh, his, his wife was the lady from uh, The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, whatever her oh, name was. Oh yeah, is. yeah, yeah. It was. I didn't I not, her name. It was hard for me to watch. Um, just because I'm like, well, if I'm gonna watch The Shining, I want to watch The Shining. Yeah. It's, and it's made for TV, so it's immediately kind of dumbed down. I don't know. It's tough to... I think it's tough to try to go back to that well. But, um, yeah, this one... Uh, so the book and the movie, um, different in a lot of ways, but real similar in a lot of ways. But definitely Jack is uh, trying to get a job being the winter caretaker of this giant uh, resort hotel. Um, because he was a school teacher and he was fired um, and they don't touch on this in the movie but in the book he was fired because he like physically assaulted a student like attacked him yeah they focus a lot on his anger problems in the book too right yeah yeah and again they, like they mention like the the one thing with Danny in the movie but it's it's a lot more um, lot it's just more detail you know how books are like they're just you know, you can't put everything on there. You know those books. You know books. No. Words. <laughs> really um, want that doll, don't you? <laughs> you really want that doll, don't you? Now look, I looked for that clip for probably an hour and a half when I was cutting the episode last week. I can't find it anywhere. There's an actual little teaser trailer for it that's like 20 seconds long, and Larry the Cable Guy electrocutes himself, but that is not what they showed on television that year, the little clip they showed on television was just, that was it. It was just, you really want that doll, don't you? And by the way, his name is Larry in the movie. Hmm. I think it's Larry in every single movie he's in. Is that the same thing with Jack Nicholson? Because he plays a lot of guys named Jack. Well, also, Danny is played by a little boy named Danny. Oh, is his name Danny? Yes, his Mm. name is Danny. I didn't catch his last name, but yeah. Notice that Jack Mm. and Danny are both played by a Jack and a Danny. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. And Wendy played by uh, Shelley Duvall. Oh, man, poor Shelley Duvall. By Wendy Duvall. She's, I mean, yeah, she's... She just got an unfortunate bone structure, <laughs> like and. Well, no, I'm I'm talking about just her lot in life in general. I'm, I'm not sure if you're aware of her personal life of late. No, um, I didn't even know she was still alive. Oh yeah, she's like. I don't want to be insensitive here and get this wrong, but she suffers from serious mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's been exploited by Dr. Phil. Um, you know, I have, I have heard something about this. And it was it was gut wrenching. It was so awful. You know, I'm I'm starting she, to remember this. She's very. Remember she was on there talking about aliens and shit, yes, right? And yeah. like she went like full on into it, like mm-hmm. conspiracy theorist shit. Like yeah. Dan Aykroyd level? No one's Dan Aykroyd level. 
And don't you dare speak a bad word about Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> Fighting ghosts all those years and takes a toll on you mentally. But no, she like it's rough. <clears throat> it's it's hard to like sit through any do, kind of interview. I do have her. a I do have a vague uh, recollection of this. Well, I gotta say, um, I really like her in this movie. I oh, think me she's too. She's great. She she's phenomenal in this movie. Yeah, she is. She and you know what, Danny too. But I and I was telling Elise this while we were watching. I was like, I don't think it's hard to look legitimately terrified of Jack Nicholson because fuck, he is scary. Like, yeah, I love. He's not trying to be scary. He's scary. I love watching this movie because um, I just I'm God. I just love Jack Nicholson so much, and this performance is so crazy, like so good, like. It, it can be so subtle and then it gets like really over the top later but it, man he is uh he is world class i fucking love jack nicholson in this movie um yes i mean i'm i'm planting my flag here jack nicholson's great in the shining come at me whoa <laughs> look out folks i'm brave um no, but even in these scenes, like where he's talking to the uh, the manager of the hotel, um, you can just tell something is off about. Him. Yeah, he's, you know, just, sorry, Jack Nicholson, but Jack Torrance looks fucked up. Yeah, Jack Torrance is like, even when he's, well, that sounds great, you know, just there's something, dude. He does so many little things in this movie that we'll talk about as we go, but, um, gosh, he's just. He's fucking nuts. And he's got like these very clear, like abuser sign, like the like yeah trying to be charming, but he's really just horrifying looking. Yes, I mean, or just I mean, being like uh really sarcastic, um like in the even in the car when he's like, hear that, honey? He saw it on television. Oh yeah. Yeah, just he's very yeah. like gaslighting is his thing, like oh, yeah. uh, deflecting. That's oh, like yeah. every single thing is a sign of an abuser. He's just an asshole. Yeah, and he's an addict himself. So he's rather than getting help, you know, he's cold turkeying and um. Uh, there's a really cool little character thing in the book that he does that they don't. I don't incorporate in the movie, but whenever he's like really the withdrawals are hitting him real hard, he chews on aspirin. Like he chews aspirin. There was one. There's a scene. The first time that he goes to the bar and meets Lloyd. Yes. He very like subtly put like drops a pill into his mouth. Did he? Yes. I didn't even. Notice. And I didn't oh, even know. He was eating peanuts. I thought he was eating peanuts too. Oh yeah, I guess he did like get those in that. Bar nuts. Yeah, from well, no, no, no. He like scooped up a bunch of peanuts from like the. No, that was before the food store. Um, I swear it looked like a tablet. Like oh, a, he like might have been. Pill. He was he was chewing on aspirin a lot in the book. Hmm. I did notice like some weird little ticks that he had. Like he would would constantly like examine his hand, like it wasn't mm. a part of his body. Yeah. Um, especially in the scene in the, the the red bathroom, he just when he's talking to Grady, yeah, he kept like looking yes. at his hand like it was alien. Yes. Um, also in the book, um, I won't make a ton more comparisons, but uh, the hedge maze is not in the book. 
Yeah, it's a topiary, right? Yeah, it's like hedge animals and they come to life. Or do they? Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, also, he... All these ghosts that you see like later on, what he found in the hotel were like down in one of the boiler rooms were all these like newspaper clippings and like somebody's journals about all these different like you know like uh, celebrities that had stayed there or politicians that had stayed there or like mafia like heads that had stayed there. Uh, he did on his desk have. He like, has like a big. Um, it looks like a album, like a photo album yeah. with newspaper clippings. I wonder if it's drawn. Yeah, I guess it's got to be because he gets he gets deeply obsessed with that, and he's not writing the play that he's supposed to be writing there. He's convinced himself that he's going to write a book about all these different like crimes and things that this hotel was like the nexus for, <coughs> um, and that's just part of his his insanity. Um, he's just obsessed with the hotel and its history. So, um, you don't really touch on that in the movie, which you don't need it, but, um, just some little, just some little context, uh, that I remember. Um, and also I believe it's room 137 in the book. They changed it to 237 in the movie. Don't know why. I think it's in the book. It's 217. Oh, you're right. It is 217. I remember, I remember reading something about that. You're you're one hundred percent right. I knew one of the numbers. Was yeah, so I don't know why I don't know why the change, but uh, maybe it was a typo. They were like, "Nah, just do it." I would love if that was the uh, one reason why Stephen King hated it. <laughs> it was a bunch of little minor stuff that Stephen King hated yeah. too, but like a lot of the like little plot uh twist and stuff he did he just he just wasn't happy with it and at but, one point uh, i think, think he... uh... go ahead go ahead <clears throat> okay uh at one point i think he compared it to like a beautiful car with no engine mm. yeah well the uh the 237 i think goes around to some uh, the conspiracy theorists say it has something to do with something or other. I don't know. I have a list of conspiracy theories we can go over later okay. if you want to. No, that sounds good. Yeah. Uh, was 9-11 an inside job? Let's save it. Uh, um, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Well, we cleared it up. Uh, See, I wasn't aware yeah. that Stephen King disliked this movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, again, I think he's since, you know, he's getting old, so... That, that tends to happen to old men they mellow out but, but he acknowledges that it's a beautiful movie and shit now but back then I think it's because him and Kubrick were just button heads yeah, over it just, and he was pretty much like fuck this guy just bitter yeah but like you know if somebody's adapting your book do you just want it to be literally adapted or you want them to like you know do something new with it so both are good if you've not read the book I recommend reading it and then if you've not seen the movie, I recommend seeing it. Um, they're I different experiences, but I think you will enjoy them both in different ways. Um, let's see. Uh, I did want to touch on how um, they... It was just so driven home, the like the idea of seclusion, um, uh, isolation. Yeah, they say the word isolation yeah. a lot. I think um, Wendy calls it like a ghost ship. She does. At one point. 
Yeah. yeah. Calls the hotel and goes shit. Why didn't we watch that movie instead? What a classic. Because we wanted a good movie to watch. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, is Ghost Ship the one where everybody gets cut in half at the beginning? Yeah, the first... Yeah, the only good part of the whole movie is the first five minutes. And I bet it doesn't... And I bet it doesn't still look good, though. I bet it does I bet even that part doesn't hold up now. I, I'll, I'll never revisit, so Me either. I, I can't that's confirm the only part. or deny that. That's the only part people ever talk about. You notice that? They're like, oh, everybody gets cut in this half. This is the only part worth watching because I watched first... the rest of it and I was like, this is fucking lame. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, we do meet uh, Wendy and Danny and Danny, and we meet uh, Tony, which is the little boy who yep. lives in Danny's mouth, which. All right. And talks through his finger. Talks through his finger. That's darling. Uh, hides in his stomach. When he's when he's scared, um, and again in the book, uh, there's a lot more detail about this. Like they've taken Danny to the doctor a few times. Uh, they discuss how Danny just knows things, or he's aware of conversations that he wasn't like in the room for, and stuff like that. Um, just a little more, a little more in depth. Um, but when you're watching the movie. Uh, without that context, you're like, well, this kid's fucked up. There's something, something real weird about this little finger talker. Which I think it's really effective. Now, I've never read. Um, sorry, uh, I've never read the book. But do they go in depth to what that actually is? Because I know what it is. I've heard Stephen King say what it is. But <clears throat> do they ever like confirm what it is in the book? I mean. They don't ever give it a name except The Shining, but it's just telekinesis or like ESP or something like that. Telekines- telekinesis uh, is where you can move stuff with your telepathy. mind, right? Telepathy, I think, is what. Telepathy. Yeah. The word um, telepathy escaped me while I was noting this, and I kept writing mind talking. Mind talking. <laughs> well, you could have just called it Shining. I know. You know, my grandma called it Shining. Uh, can we talk about how cute Scatman Crothers is? Oh, he's darling. Oh, he's great. Can we talk about how not cute he's described later in the movie by Grady? <sighs> yeah, I didn't like that. Yeah. <laughs> that was odd, wasn't it? Like, you just kept repeating. That was an odd choice. You could have, you could have said something about it. Is that in the book? I don't recall. Probably he loved using the N word back in the eighties. Speaking of Grady and Tony, um, this might be well known, but I'm just wondering: is like Tony is to Danny as Grady is to Jack? No. Okay. I think Tony is no. the. Tony is the name that uh, Danny gave his uh, shining. His shining, yeah. Okay. I don't because I feel like um, Grady allows Jack to be like this omniscient thing. Yeah. Kind of like Tony allows Danny to be. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Wait, now, 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 isn't Tony? Um, isn't Tony Danny's future self speaking to him? Is that true? I want to say that's what I, I heard back in the day. I, it now, was either from uh, uh, Stephen King himself or someone said Stanley Kubrick said that. Huh? 
I may be mistaken. I don't know. I'm not entirely sure about that. Now, there is a sequel to this. Did you read this. Dr. Sleep? I haven't, but I want to before they make okay. the movie. Um, See, I just I had this feeling, I don't know, I had this thought that Grady was like Jack's inner monologue. Now, we can get into all that as we go, because I really don't understand where it all ends up. Um... But, but I mean, we know Grady is like a, a physical being because yeah, he, he was does there. Things he was there only ten years ago. Um, because it was like 1970 whenever he murdered his family. Um, by yeah, the way, well, Charles Grady was the not caretaker. Delbert Grady that we that that we met in the bathroom. Oh, you're right. Oh, you're now, right. Is it the same person or is it not? Oh. It's another one of those things. I didn't realize they had different names. Charles Grady was the guy who killed his... Yes. I didn't pay attention to that. I didn't either, and I've seen this movie a lot. That seems confusing for the sake of being confusing. Boy, it gets there. Um, So... Man, whoa, this, is, this did take. Okay, well, <laughs> See, that's why I was intimidated by this movie. I oh was like, God, There's I so know. Much to fucking talk about. Yeah, it's so we just we just need to streamline this shit. Okay, well, I do want to point out the um, <laughs> the cool relaxation on Jack's face as he listens to this story of a man who murdered <laughs> his entire family. Like he is unfazed yeah. by it and then says that his wife is really into uh what is ghost, she I ghost know, stories she's a confirmed ghost story and horror film addict yeah so she will love the idea that a man murdered his entire family i'm i'm of a mind he never told her about it same okay no um no. something from this interview scene uh, two things that i wanted to point out really quickly Sorry, brevity is not my thing. I'm no, no, on no, it. go for it. <laughs> but no, it's just how handsome just, Jack Nicholson is. He, he, I don't. There's something. He's a dreamboat. <sighs> okay, he was in 1921. <laughs> anyway, um, so just a flub. You know, they're talking about the on season and the off season. The on yes. season is May through October. The off season is October to May. Uh huh. And when Jack's talking about how long he's going to be there, he mixes it up. He's going to be there for seven months, but he mixes it up and says he's, he needs five months of isolation. Yeah. May to October is five months, and the off season is seven. He's supposed to be there seven, not five. Anyway. No. Mm. No. November, um, December, January, that, February, um, March, April, May. You're right. He mixes. Yeah. He can mixes we talk about that weird ass office? That uh, makes zero sense. It makes no sense. That he goes into. Yeah, he walks in, goes to the middle of the fucking building where this guy's office is, and there's a window there that shouldn't yeah. be there, and nope. you can see outside of it. Yep. Well, no, that shouldn't be there. Well, uh, <laughs> no, the bubble that. was really burst for me when I found out that the, uh, and it shouldn't be, and we think we talked about this on an old episode of the show. Um, you know, the outside of the building is a real hotel, and everything inside is all built sound stages. So it really, like, you know, once you pull back that th- 
thin layer of unreality, I'm like, oh yeah, none of this is real. I forgot. Mm. But in my mind, that's how invested I get into stuff. I'm like, that's the inside of that of that hotel for sure. But it's definitely not. Um, Something else from that interview thing, though, I feel like is a common misconception. The yarn ties were in. Take a look at that. Take a look at that. That weird ass tie material. I don't guess I, I noticed. Oh man, it looks like a knit sweater. Oh, God, yeah, I noticed that. It looks like those macrame owls that mammals have in their kitchen. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird material for time. Now, what did you notice in the interview? Anyway, I, I never caught this any time I've watched this movie, which is a lot. But the the girls that you see, the girls that Danny sees often. Mm-hmm, and twins. Um, always thought they were twins. Mm-hmm. It's... Yeah, they're not. They mentioned one's eight and one's ten. Yeah, I always thought they were twins. Well, they're just dressed alike to look extra creepy. And twins are weird. I'm pretty no sure offense, they're played though. by twins, though. Thanks. <laughs> Some, oh, he's got twins. Yeah, I get it. That's right. Some ain't right about mm. sharing a womb. Really tickled him. He must be tired. Oh, um, uh, I'm very tired and I'm sick. So yeah. Oh no. Oh. Good times. Um. Yeah. So. Yeah. Danny, uh, Danny and Wendy and Jack head up there. Uh, there's like a whole tour of the place, and we meet Scatman Crothers. Um. Wait a minute. Danny's not wearing a seatbelt this whole goddamn car ride. <laughs> not only is he not wearing a seatbelt, looks like he's just standing in between their two seats. <laughs> Hey, it was, Where did they come from? From fucking Vermont? You want to Connecticut take that or Vermont? Yeah. The whole time? yeah. Um, they don't really touch on it here. I mean, he kind of he kind of says something when he's going on his big rant toward the end. But um, they are in like dire financial straits because he's not writing, and he was fired from his yeah. teaching job, and his buddy hooked him up with this gig. And so they need it for a lot of reasons. One, they need the money desperately. And two, he needs the time to write his... Uh, and the book he's writing a play. Which, you know, like, boring. Um, write a Transformer script, dude. No, Come thank on. you. Yeah. Starring uh, John Cena. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> it looks good. Uh, I can't wait. <laughs> Um, let's see. Yeah, so they we meet Scatman, uh, and uh, there's this weird, like, freaky moment where Scatman speaks to Danny with his mind talking powers. You like uh, ice cream, Doc? You like ice cream, Doc? And it's just like that weird score is playing over it, so you're like, well, this guy's Mm -hmm. the villain, obviously, but no, he's a sweet old man. Uh, Who loves him some titties? Oh, does he? Yeah, ever? he's got some sweet ass posters in his room. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he's like a fifty-year-old man. My <laughs> Please so. do. I see him right behind you. Um, yes. He's like a fifty-year-old man. Those are weird posters, but uh, also, where does he live that he's flying first class to get back to Colorado later? He was in Miami. Was he? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I think that's where he yeah. like vac- that's where he summers. He that's off seasons he in Miami. Yeah, well, he, he went to the he head. went to cook at a like a, a resort in Florida during the off season or some shit like that. Did he say that? Okay. 
Well, he was watching the the reason that he knew he needed to jet back to um, the Overlook is he was watching the news and he got the Miami weather report and then they were talking in Miami about how horrible the weather was in Colorado. You're right. Yeah. And he rented a snowcat from Apollo Creed's trainer. Yeah. They were out in the snow training Rocky to fight Ivan. Exactly. It's all connected. That's one of the conspiracies. Mm Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> um. All right. Oh, we don't want to get too in detail. So let's talk about. Um. Let's see. Uh. We okay. So we learn what the shining is. It's just like telepathy, and and Scatman tells us that yeah. he and his grandmother used to have conversations without talking, and it kind of explains to you. Um. Uh, what's going on with Danny? But you brought up a weird thing about Tony. You're right because some like he's communicating with somebody. Unless he just. No, I always, I always heard he, that Tony was his, was his Danny's future self. That's interesting. Warning him and talking to him. Yeah. About what was going to happen. That's true, but then when he asks Tony why he's afraid I, of the, I may have made that up or dreamed that. I don't know if that's real or not. So. When he asks Tony why he's afraid of the hotel, Tony says he doesn't know. He just knows it's bad. Maybe he's scared to tell him, right? Yeah, maybe he's, like, protecting him. Yeah, maybe. Um, He asks Scatman about room 237. Well, Scatman tells him, basically, like, you know, you're going to see some weird shit here, but none of it's real. So don't worry about it. Yeah. Because you got The Shining... You can see some weird stuff, but um, nothing nothing can hurt you. Um, and then I got questions about that, too. We'll, we'll get into it. Um, well, I guess we can start here. So, like, this movie is like... You go through this entire movie watching Jack lose his mind real slow. So, mm-hmm. um, anytime he gets, like, super worked up, is when he starts seeing people that aren't there, or are they? I have no idea. But, so the whole movie kind of goes through, like, you don't know if there are ghosts there, or if he's just insane. But then, at the Uh, end... One of the things I saw is that um, every time Jack is talking to a ghost, there's a mirror in that room. So he may just be talking to himself. You're right, but if you I, go through and look, every time there's a ghost, there's a mirror in the room. That's true, but and he's facing it. But all that but. goes out the window because something unlocks that. Something unlocks that that storeroom that storeroom that he's in. <clears throat> true. Like, yeah. See, that's where it gets weird because I'm like, I mean, that's not where it gets weird. I mean, it's just one of the weird things about the movie. Is like. Up until that point, you can make the argument that it's all in his head, but once they unlock that door and let him out, um, then it becomes a ghost. It's a like there's ghosts there because then uh, Wendy starts seeing them, and uh, oh, blowy well, it is built on a burial ground. Yeah, they do mention built on an Indian burial ground. Um, so yeah, we. St- yeah, that's an interesting thing about the mirrors. You're absolutely right because there's that bar mirror. Um, first time yeah. when he's talking I to Lloyd. I never. I didn't think about that. that. But you're right. Um, mm-hmm. 
in that hot makeout scene. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Man, that those special effects are good because that grosses me out every time. Just that rotted flesh on the back. Mm-hmm. Creepy laugh. Ugh. Oh yeah. Um. <clears throat> I just really love. Uh, I just God, I love Jack Nicholson. There's some. I thought some, you were gonna say you love Granny Bush. I do. Uh, that was her name in the credits, Granny Bush. Um, I love those gang gang mammal titties. Yeah. Um, what? Um, there's a scene where Wendy. Oh, when Wendy and Danny go out, uh, they're outside at one point. There's just this slow zoom of Jack, just like staring out the window. <laughs> And he so subtly, the corners of his mouth turn up just so subtly. You can tell he's like smiling, but not smiling. Yes. It's one of my favorite shots of this entire movie. It's so good. That's a great shot. Oh my God. The scene where he has the conversation with Danny in the bed. Terrifying. It's pretty scary. He's so... So unsettling. Just his eyes. And I know his eyebrows are already like make him kind of like scary looking but dude he is just i mean he's not doing anything he's just looking but he is so terrifying um and he has a way of just like angling his head down and like rolling his eyes all the way up that's really scary oh we talked about like abusive moments but when like wendy pops in the uh to see how his writing's going and like offer to bring him some food yeah and then he just brutes mm-hmm. out like this dude. I think yeah. we can all agree, he's brute man. For sure, he should not have been. Oh, the, oh, or excuse me, Scatman should not have been named Dick in this movie. Jack should have been Dick. Ooh man, for sure. <laughs> he fucking slaps himself in the head when he's talking. It boy is so good. You're there breaking are... my concentration. He's got like the darkest physical comedy. <laughs> I know, it's so good. There is one point where he, um, oh, it's when, I mean, we're jumping all around. Oh, that's fine, go for it. When he axes Dick, or Scatman, whatever. Yeah. He, like, he literally sticks his tongue out. Yeah. Oh, he does that a lot toward the end of the movie. Like, um. Oh, when he's following Wendy up the stairs, he like, (laughs) and then my favorite shot. I love that. My favorite shot of the entire movie is that from the floor shot where he's leaning against Oh, the, the door. storm door. And he's like, you got a big surprise coming in. <laughs> like, he's doing that thing with his finger and his tongue. He like, is, she can see him. He's completely batshit. Yeah, that's only for him. Yeah. You When he's acting, when he's trying to get her to open the door, he's like acting. It's just for him. Like, she can't see him. And he's like, I think you hurt me real bad. Like, it's just... <laughs> Dude's committed. Even even Jack Torrance, the character, is quite the actor. Um, yeah, man, he is just watching him. Watching that descent into crazy is um, is it's a lot of fun, uh, and it all culminates in that in that big scene wherever uh, you know where he's like Wendy, <laughs> love that. <laughs> Out um, of my life. 
Oh God, he's so good. Yeah. You're right. Like this guy's a monster. He is terrifying. But like, there's something Jack Nicholson had it, man. You just can't take your eyes off of him. He's so good. Um, man, I just we, you know what? We're doing Jack Cast now. Batman's next week, what? folks. Jack Cast. <laughs> The uh, the part where he's all like windy, darling. Uh, my wife and I will say that to one another. Just, That's awesome. And have been for the sixteen years we've been together, just randomly. I keep trying to get Elise to. Um, I wanted to dress up as the Torrance family for Halloween next year. Uh, I think it'd be perfect, but I need her to like sign off on it because I got to start growing my hair now. Because Jack and I got a similar hairline, and I can pull that off. Um, you can get a wig. Yeah, I guess, but uh, you know me. I like to I like to go all the way. You gonna put Grayson in an Apollo sweatshirt? Oh man, can we talk about how strong Danny's sweater game is? This dude has got some <laughs> really specific sweaters. <laughs> yeah, that that goes in that feeds into the conspiracy theories. His sweaters. Conversely, can we talk about how every item that Wendy owns is tragic? Those that Carhartt dress. That first, <laughs> poor angel. <laughs> that first outfit, the denim dress with the red sleeves and the red leggings on underneath, and then the boots. I was like, "What is happening here?" This one, like, she's just, she's just got that unfortunate face to start with, and it's like, you know, you could do something there. I love her. Because in the book, like his wife is some giant busty blonde. This is one of the things I hate about Stephen King books: is all of his main characters are pretty much him, right? And all of their and they're always just getting laid by beautiful women all the time. So they fuck a lot in that book. Like they fight and then they have sex. It's kind of an abuser thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Like he he tears her down and then. She feels bad, and then they start. But there's always just like, I don't know. His description of sex is like, just like a 13-year-old boy wrote it in every book. Drives me crazy. Um, But yeah, so I like her, even though in that third act of the movie where she's running around pretty much the entire time, I don't know who gave her the direction to have her arms up like a marionette no matter where she went. But like, even when she's standing still, her elbows never. She's just up like this. It's got those T Rex arms. I don't know what she's doing. <laughs> she looks like one of those inflatable T Rex costumes that people wear. You see people uh, do the videos on the on the internet. <clears throat> when she's running up the stairs, that's when it's at its best. It's just like <laughs> so wacky. Um, uh, the spookiness of like the shadows and I, I noticed the lighting when she was like running from Jack or like oh, trying yeah. to avoid Jack running oh. up the stairs God, I the shadows were so creepy I said that door shot was one of my favorites but man I love the hallway where Danny comes out of hiding and then Jack starts to chase him and it's tracking behind him and that score just that it's just like sounds like wood blocks it's crazy yeah. Oh God, that is such a good shot because he's like limping, but it's. Oh, 
I'm a I'm a sucker for those shots like tracking behind a character. I just eat that shit up. And that one is it's terrifying because you know that the intent is to murder that child with an axe. It's crazy. I love speaking of the axe. I love the tracking when he's <laughs> swinging the axe murder. and it just it follows the axe. Yes, I love that. Oh, it's so, so good much. when he's chopping into the door. Yes, oh, both man. doors. Yes, he's getting into the bedroom and the bathroom. That is. Same thing with both. Oh, love it's it. so unique. Um, and it's so fluid. Like, yeah. it looks so oh, good. Gosh. Have you seen A Clockwork Orange? Yeah, it's been a long time and I didn't like it, so I... Yeah, I don't, I don't, don't necessarily like... I don't necessarily like the... Malcolm McDowell. Oh, he's great. I love him. Uh, he's got one of my... He's got, he's got one of those voices that's on, like, my top five voice list. I love it. Um... Loomis 4.0 or whatever. Mm-hmm. 4.0. <laughs> um, but, uh... No, it it's got a lot of it's the same cinematographer, so it's got a lot of the same look to it. I really I just um, I like I like a nice I like a well shot movie. Um, I like a nice. Uh, there's a moment too where he chases Danny into the hedge maze and he can't find him, and then he just starts laughing, just like in spite of himself. He's just having a good time out there. Uh, yeah, he sells the shit out of crazy. Oh man! Oh, he starts yelling unintelligibly. Oh god! Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> when he's about to pass out, he's <laughs> so good. Um, you mentioned Scatman does uh does meet his end, which is unfortunate. That was a horrible way to, but that yell when he kills him is. Haunting. Re- okay, yeah. full circle here, and this is a deep cut. Right. But <laughs> just the fact that he stuck his tongue out reminded me of of Richie in <laughs> in <laughs> Welcome to the Overlook. <laughs> oh God, it was so funny. Oh man, he hated that. By the way, he hated the the, the tongue thing. Why? I don't it's know. beautiful. It's hilarious. It's perfect. I love it so much. He drew inspiration from Jack Nicholson, it looks like. Folks, we're referencing a, a short film that I made with some friends several years ago uh, called Welcome to the Overlook. Uh, you can check it out on YouTube. Uh, Where some fellas pulled in to change a tampon. They did. Um, Wait, what? That's right. Uh... Man, what else about what else about The Shining? I mean, I know we're just kind of it, it's too dense to to cover top to the bottom the way we the way we would. So I'm just trying. I want to hit some highlights, some things you really loved about it. Um, I mean, I have noted here on top of like being a, a clear abuser that I feel like um, Jack is like bipolar. He's definitely like manic depressive. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, he has a deep addiction problem. Um, and he's just crazy pants. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Doug likes crazy pants. He has a deep problem. And he's just crazy pants. <laughs> and I, do, I do have a little theory that I want to touch on. Alright, Kendall's got her own conspiracy theory here. Okay. Oh, hey, I I thought it the last time I watched this, but I I thought it after it was too late for me to start paying attention. Uh, so I made a point to look 
anytime that Wendy comes into the room when Jack is writing, um, the first time she comes into the room, he rips the paper out of the typewriter, rips it up. Yeah. The second time she comes into the room, it's when he's had that nightmare, and um, oh. she immediately like gets on the floor with him and doesn't see what he's writing. Yeah. When she finally sees what he's been writing, it's you know all the all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. I think he was writing it all along. I think once I think he finally so started writing, that's just all he wrote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, um, there's a giant stack of papers that says all that. So yeah, that. By the way, uh, filmed in 1979, came out in 1980. Uh, there are no Xerox machines. Like somebody was typing up pages and pages. Yep. They probably had like 20 interns just oh, typing. Yeah. Format it like this. Probably. Yeah. This is just, uh, I yeah. like old stuff like that. There might have been yeah, It totally looked like if you were just flipping through it really quickly, not paying attention to the where it like, looks like a book, like it was yeah. formatted like a book. There might have been Xerox machines. I don't know when a Xerox machine came. I but it, I mean, it looks like someone, I mean, it was, there were like little random typos where somebody was just very quickly banging away on the keyboard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, a typewriter, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> typewriter uh i have one i got a nice one it's over there um uh yeah the nightmare was a strange one too because he just describes to her in detail this dream he had about murdering them and chopping them up into little pieces um and that's another great shot where danny comes down and he's gone into room 237 his shirt's ripped and he's got this gnarly bruise across his neck He's sucking his thumb. Yeah. So Wendy goes over to investigate to him to investigate him. She obviously thinks Jack did it because they're the only ones there. And then there's just that shot of Jack just like, like this weird. Wasn't me. Yeah. It's such a <laughs> yeah. God. He's so amazing. Just, just his facial expressions. I, I think I got a crush on Jack Nicholson. I think that's what's going on here. That's definitely it. Get it, girl. Mm, not now. Have you seen him lately? Shirtless on the beach. It's not cute. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I, I don't know. Uh, so, okay, let, can we talk about the ending a little bit? Because it really loses me at the end. Yeah. Not that the I don't like is, uh, is odd. Not that I don't like it. That's not how it lost <laughs> me. I just am so confused by it, and I've seen it so many times. So... Uh, Grady tells him in the bathroom that he's always been the the caretaker there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, then after he, like, dies out in the snow, spoilers, um, doesn't kill his family, they get away. Uh, he dies in the snow, um, but then, like, the camera kind of pans back through the hotel and that 1920s you know music that they thought was good uh is playing and uh sidebar <clears throat> i remember uh first time i ever watched the green mile was with peter at his house and there's a scene where tom hanks is just listening to the radio and it's just like and like we laughed uncontrollably for a long time so anytime I hear that old timey music I just think about that time uh, that Peter and I really thought that was funny that they were like this is a this is a, the number one jam like uh... <sighs> <laughs> something I noticed this time 
Sorry. Moving on. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Something I noticed this time that I didn't notice in any of my past viewings was... Um, there were ghosts. <laughs> there was a, a pig man blowing a, a, a suited guy at some point. Yes. Um, the the walls of the hotel were just <clears throat> full of these dinner party photos yep. of these like ballroom photos. Yeah, I, I never really did that. Yeah. And he had to have been in some of them. Yeah, at least well, the one. But. So yeah, they so they zoom in on this one particular photo. It's from a July Fourth ball, nineteen twenty one. And he and Jack is. Just in the front of the photo, like smiling. Well, and yeah. he, when he walked into like the, the party that he was imagining, he was greeted as Jack. Like he was, they knew who he was. And also, when he for, when he called Wendy at the beginning of the movie, he said, "I felt like uh, he'd been there before. Like he knew what was going to be around every corner." Also, when he uh, in the scene in the bathroom, uh-huh. when like the young lady turns into the old boily lady. Yes. He, like, is embracing her, and then, like, he has this... He sees her raising up out of the water in the tub. It's, yeah. I, to me, I thought that was, like, a memory, like, of like he had seen that before. Because, I mean, mm. she was not in the water when yeah, they were true. embracing. He, like, saw a vision of her, like, just raising up out of the water. Was that him remembering something he'd already seen? I don't know. That's weird. No. So, I don't know. Um... Do you think the house, like, course corrected his life? Like, like it changed everything for him? Or is this some sort of hell where he's forced to relive this shit over and over and over? I don't know. I don't know either. It's, 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 it's odd. I don't know. It's it's super unclear. It really is, and I know it's probably intentional. The ending is super famous, but I don't. I don't really understand it myself. Yeah, it's confusing to me that at at one point or another they all see these ghosts or these phantoms. Wendy sees um, the skeletons in the lobby and the cobwebs, like it's been vacant for decades. Um. And I want to say they're dressed in like twenties looking clothes. Yeah, they are. So, yeah, they are. So, so tell me this. Well, they have to be. I was gonna say. So tell me this: Were the people who like working current day in the Overlook were they real? But they were because Scatman was real. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, uh, Scatman did say you're gonna see some weird stuff that doesn't that won't hurt you. That's true. So, so I mean, there's definitely like some ghosts there. Okay, and that's probably also uh, the secret reason why they close it during that off season because I don't know that's when the ghosts have parties or some shit. Maybe they're just they're like scaring away customers. willing to sacrifice a family a year. <laughs> Maybe also true. Well, that 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 Grady thing happened ten years prior. So, there, is there some kind of cycle? Was it Grady or was it fucking Jack? Yeah, that's doing what it is. Again. Well. I don't know. 
I don't know either. Super man. unclear. It really is. I'm and trying I guess to... that's why you put it in there like that, so we can have discussions like this about it. Well, I'm trying to th- I'm trying to come up with a theory that makes sense. So, uh, I mean, good luck. The only thing that I can think is that whoever, um, uh, whoever they say like is the character. Maybe they just well. Then why is he in that photo? Yeah, I think I hear Grayson. Oh, my son's crying. Hang on, let me pause this. Mm. I'm gonna go check on him. Nah, I think he he had a bad dream. He was like, I dreamt I killed you with an axe and chopped <laughs> you up into pieces. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember what we were talking about before I went back there. We were trying to figure oh, out the this ending. movie. Oh, that's right. Okay, so here's what I think. It's a quantum leap situation. Ah, there. Say no more. Yeah. What a good show. Why don't they reboot that? They're rebooting all this other garbage. I think they tried like three or four times and people were like, nah. I think now's the time. Maybe he's, maybe he's just maybe he's just having growing pains. You wanna give him some Tylenol? Yeah, hang on, let me pause this. Medicate my child. I'm done winning the Father of the Year award, so let's let's figure out the end of this movie. Oh, Quantum Leap. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's a it's just it's a movie I love. I really love watching it. It's so good. It's two and a half hours long. It doesn't really feel like it. It it moves pretty briskly. Um. But man, that ending—I just don't know. I just don't know what. What? What are you trying to tell me, Stanley? Uh, I'm I'm reading a thing online and um, a theory. Yeah, well, Kubrick said the um, the ballroom photograph at the very end suggests the reincarnation of Jack. Mm-hmm. That means that Jack Torrance is the reincarnation of a guest or someone on the staff at the Overlook in uh, 1921. Mm-hmm. And this, uh, I don't know, many theories involving Charles Grady, the man who went stir crazy and killed his family in the Overlook, was the reincarnation of Delbert Grady, the ghost butler Jack meets in a hotel ballroom, blah, blah, blah. This is all over the fucking place. But I mean, the, the, uh, the 1920 party, they greet him as Mr. Torrance. Somebody calls him Jack. Somebody yeah, calls him they Mr. Do. Torrance. I don't feel like that's a reincarnation. Well, unless he goes by the same A popular name. conflicting theory is, sorry to butt in. No, go for it. A popular conflicting theory is that the photo is effectively a collage of all the guests the hotel has claimed. Mm, I like that one. Hmm. Either way, the end result is Jack becoming part of the hotel. Whether he's on a list of victims or a reincarnation, he's doomed to be stuck within the walls that overlooked forever. Mm. I like that. I just like the sound of that. It's just a big fucking picture of all the hotel's victims. I like the sound of that, too. There are shitloads of those photos all over the walls. Maybe that just means there are shitloads of victims. I like that one too because Grady 
Grady kills his family, and then he gets claimed as Delpert Grady, the butler, and I guess whoever whoever comes next will have to deal with whatever persona Jack takes on. Um, clearly life of the party, because they put him right up front in that photo. Yeah. That's a cool theory. I like that. I'm going to stick with that one, I think. That was pretty cool. I, I dug that myself. All right, Doug. Uh, what other conspiracy theories you got? Well, hang on. Let me see here. Go for it. Uh, this is just a list of the 10 strangest theories about The Shining. All right, cool. Hit me um, with your best shot. Come on and do it. Number one, it's I, I will fire away. <laughs> it's about the Apollo 11 moon landing. Ooh. Um... It's Kubrick's apology for supposedly working with the government to fake the 1969 Apollo 2 moon landing, despite the fact he was busy with 2001 Space Odyssey at the time. Uh, I'm not going to read all this shit. Basically, um, he overheard people saying that he faked the moon landing and he shot all that shit. So that's why he put Danny in the uh, shuttle sweater and, you know, made a a bunch of... um, there's a couple of little nods to NASA and shit in the movie. Yeah, there are a so lot of very it. patriotic things, like clean up America, yeah. like some weird shit mentioned. So, he's trolling. I think so. Yes. See, I like that. I like that. I think so. Theory two, it's about the treatment of Native Americans. Uh-huh. Let's see here. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, Native American imagery in the hotel, mm-hmm. and um, uh, the blood pouring out of the elevator was supposed to represent all the blood has been shed above Native Americans after you know we raped their land and such. Ooh, I could see the isolation playing into that too, because like, um, like you know, reservations and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like even. Mm-hmm. Even inside the hotel, which they already knew they'd be isolated at, um, they were even told, like, this is the only area of the hotel where we run the heat. So, like, even inside the hotel, they were isolated. They're isolated, yeah. 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 And I like, I, and there's mention, too, because he says it's built on an Indian burial ground. And then uh, there's even stories of them having to fight. Kill off Native Americans when they while, were building it. Why they were building it? So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I like the idea that these angered spirits now created this evil hotel that like claims the souls of you know people who these middle-aged white men. Yeah, get them. Um, that use the N-word with. That's why they abandon? get you. The hotel's like, you know what? You're a racist and you're mean to your family. Die. Num, 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 num. Yeah. Because it doesn't, because somebody doesn't die every year or else, uh, you know what I mean? Or else he would have been like, look, there's a weird thing about all of our caretakers. They all die. (laughs) I'll take the job. The house gobbles them up. My wife's going to love this. Um, it's a little more Christian Slater than Jack Nicholson. Um, it worked. I could also see the blood flowing 
out of the elevator as just everyone who's died in that hotel. Yeah. That's a great image we didn't even talk about, but it's iconic. Um, yeah. If you saw Ready Player One, boy, they had a lot of fun with that scene. <laughs> talk about just trash. Did, did anybody see that besides you? Uh, I think Kendall saw it. I did. All right. I didn't hate it. Oh, you did? I saw it, yep. I haven't seen it. I hated it. I don't like movies that are like, hey, remember this thing? Here it is. Hey, remember that? There you go. Here's cool stuff you like. But we're doing something wacky with it. Stupid. (laughs) Anyway. What else you got? What are some hot hot takes? Doug's hot takes. Is this a new segment? Uh, no, because I'm just reading the list on the internet. That's fine. You can gather them. I have a segment named after me, then I just read a news off of websites. All right. Doug's hot cakes it is. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Doug's hot cakes. So goddamn hot. Shit. 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 <laughs> All right, number three. It's about the Greek myth of Theseus and the Minotaur. Throughout the Outlook Hotel of King's novel, never had a hedge. Blah, blah, blah. I can't read. Though the Outlook Hotel of King's novel never had a hedge maze, Kubrick chose to add one as a deliberate visual reference to the Greek myth oh. of the Minotaur slain by the hero Theseus. The hotel itself was purposely. Uh, exactly. Uh, I've lost my place because I'm tired and stupid. No, it's okay. I like um, it. Uh, he just he just Kubrick laid out the film like it like it's a big fucking labyrinth. Yeah, pretty much. Another piece of supporting evidence is that Jack's bullish behavior, bulging eyes, prominent forehead, and slumped posture—all which make a strong case for being for him being the Minotaur in question. Well, I think, they had, right. I think they had. A, I think they had like a nice overall theory, but once they get into it, it gets a little silly. Yeah, it's stupid. I like it though. Uh, number four. Sorry. Go ahead. Did I cut you off? No, I was just gonna make a side point. But speaking of the hedge maze, how freaking brilliant Danny was to go Ooh. back on his footsteps. Smart. Um, knowing yeah. that's. How Jack was chasing him was following his footsteps. Yeah. Goodness. What's more, kid? You know, maybe that was Tony telling him what to do. Probably was Tony. I like to think that Tony had like a really obnoxious, like, you know, East Coast Italian accent. Hey. Like, we can't hear it. Hey. It's real stereotypical. Yeah, it's like, hey, don't go in that hotel. It's a spooky doogie in there. <laughs> Stay home. Eat a meatball. <laughs> Good God. We, well, don't, if, we don't hear the internal dialogue. If um, Tony is anything like the the ADR from when uh, Danny starts shouting Red Rum, he's like, he's Shelly from Evil Dead. <laughs> totally sounded like Shelly. Or Cheryl, excuse me. Sorry, Cheryl. What's Shelley. the... I like I like the idea that uh, Cake Boss is inside. Mosh's <laughs> <laughs> um, gonna be mad. Yeah, she's not gonna like it. I love it that. Went Joe Pesci. <laughs> is that the <laughs> my? <laughs> I fucking amuse you. Um, 
Is that what Dr. Sleep is? It's just Danny as an adult trying to sleep, and he's got that cake boss voice in his head. It's like, hey, what are you doing? You're taking a nap. Hey, remember when you're dead in the maze? You remember? <laughs> I told you not to go there. You want a meatball? I hope not. I don't want to see that movie. <laughs> I would love to see that movie. <sighs> oh, man. All right, Doug. Next. Oh, God. This one. This one's stretching. It, it, number four, it's about the Holocaust. This one depends on how much you believe in the significance of numbers. As a number 42 for the year the Nazis initiated the final solution, a.k.a. 1942, figures very prominently in the film. The number shows up in various ways on the sleeve of uh, Danny's shirt, uh, the number of cars in the parking lot, the film, the summer 42 that Wendy and Danny are watching, and the fact that if you multiply room 237, 2 times 3 times 7, it equals 42. Whew. Fans also point to Jack's German-made typewriter and the image of a yellow eagle, the other Nazi emblem uh, on on his T-shirt. Though Kubrick, a Bronx-born, non-practicing Jew, had actually written his own Holocaust-centered film, The Aryan Papers, he ultimately abandoned the project when, according to his widow, Christine, he realized putting the whole brutal truth on film would be unsurvivable. Hmm. I think that's a stretch in it. That one is. I was reaching for something there. Yeah, I mean, do you think he had? You think he had forty-two cars in the parking lot on purpose? I don't know. That's yeah. I mean, there's coincidence, and then there's yeah. I don't know. I I don't know. That's for, that's for uh, you guys to debate. Yeah. Call us and leave us a voicemail at uh, what's our number? I don't know, but can I tell you how many? I'll I'll find it. Can I tell you how many missed calls I get where people don't leave voicemails? It's maddening. Yeah, leave us a voicemail, people, and we're not. Do they call it just to see if it's real? Did you hear Tom? He was on the show. You get that could be you guys. Man, and damn precious. If you're half as cute as Tom was in that yes. voicemail, man. Can you not hear us? Sorry, you cut out for a second. But oh. You cut out for a second. That. I got you. Judy, did you say the number? No, I don't know it. Did you say uh, Judy? 731-439-8821. You can call now, folks. That number. Don't even... Oh, she's Pick asleep. Up the phone. Oh, you remember those commercials? <laughs> Pick oh, yeah. up the phone. Do you remember those? Was it like chat lines? Yeah, like stuff? sexy chat yeah. lines. Yeah, so eight dollars a minute. Pick up the phone. Come on, stud. Yeah. <laughs> I love your bod. Oh no, yeah. those are bod and every, commercials. <laughs> and every time you call, it's just like, hey, hello. <laughs> this is. He's trying so hard not to say... What is the cake boss's real name? It's so delightfully Italian. You look that Mario up. Mario Boss? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, Doug. Luigi Cake? <laughs> uh, Buddy Velastro. <laughs> Every episode is... I don't know if we're going to finish this cake or I don't think this cake's going to fit in this car. Like that's every episode. There's some cake <laughs> drama. 
How long have you been watching Cake Boss? I just have seen him. I, you know, I get bored. I watch. I fell down in like a YouTube <laughs> Cake Boss rabbit hole. I saw some like ten worst Cake Boss disasters stuff, something like that. I watched quite a few. Buzzfeed <laughs> list. Yeah. Um. You watch Bar Rescue? No. Man, I love Bar Rescue. I just like shows. All right. I, I like Hell's Kitchen too. I like shows where a family owns a business and a stranger comes in and calls them a piece of shit. Speaking of Hell's Kitchen, did you see that Gordon Ramsay was in Memphis? Uh, I heard. Uh, supposed to be turning around Catfish Cabin, which I'd never heard of before. Where is Catfish Cabin? Oh though? man, I love Catfish Cabin. Airport. It's near the airport. Yeah. Uh, oh. I know exactly what you're talking about. It is a giant hole in the wall. It has the best fucking deep fried everything you can think of. Well, it is like Gordon the nastiest place like on the planet, but it is some good shit. Well, apparently Gordon Ramsay came and did his 24-hour flip on it, so I need to go and check it out. Okay. Mm-hmm. How about that next theory? <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm out of it. Hey, All right, number five. It, it's actually supposed to be viewed backwards and forwards. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even gonna fucking read this one. This one's stupid. What are you talking about? Uh, some group alleges it, it's meant to be watched backwards and forwards concurrently in order in order to unlock the Kubrick code in quotations. So I'm not even getting it. This is fucking stupid. How could you watch it backward and forward? I don't know. People are dumb. So are you watching uh, number it? Number six. So, I don't care. I'm moving on. <laughs> well, I'm just curious for my uh, own. Are you watching it in reverse? So is all the dialogue and stuff reversed? Or are you just watching the scenes out of order? I don't know. Oh, all right. That was dumb. The Kubrick code. Go fuck yourself. No, uh, when oh, here it is. Here it is. When viewed this way, with the images superimposed on top of one another, it brings out eerie subtextual congruencies between the beginning and end events, with the two versions meeting right in the middle at the at the scene where Scatman is lying in bed watching TV. Okay. All right. Ooh, so, so overlaid eight titties in that room oh eight that's what the, that's what the special image is revealed it, as eight titties the, that's the cooper code yeah. that's a code. eight titties eight is the cooper code we cracked it Kubrick. Tom it's Hanks. in his grave right now it's the next tom hanks da vinci code movie the Kubrick code and he's just like there's eight titties i know it they're hiding something <laughs> There's a snake in my boot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. All right. All right. Yeah, Number I'm six. It's, it's about hell and Jack Torrance is the devil. He's the devil? Jack Nicholson played the devil. Yes. Jack Jack Nicholson played the devil in uh, 87's The Witches of Eastwick, but some mm-hmm. conspiracy theorists would have you believe he played slightly different version of the devil seven years prior in The Shining. The concept is simple. The overlook of hell is hell and a manifestation of Jack's deepest fears. The theorists are split on whether Jack merely made a pact with the devil in order to get a drink or the, or the demented writer. Nah, I can't read. Demented writer is actually the devil himself. Evidence for the latter 
the old black and white photo of Jack from the end of the film where he's seemingly trapped in 1921 shows him in the exact same pose as Baphomet on the tarot card. Jesus. He did say at the bar... He'd um, sell his soul for a drink. Yeah, yeah, when he first saw Lloyd. Yeah, he did do that. Uh, now, I... I'd give you the argument that he's in hell, but he's clearly the one being tormented, so I don't mm-hmm. think he's the devil by any means. No. Um, I could see, like, the hotel being the devil. The hotel <laughs> hell. That's a good movie, and it has Christopher Lee in it. I never seen it. Mm, I have it. All right, number seven. <clears throat> it's all a dream slash nightmare. Mm-hmm. Uh, hotel layout makes no sense. Ghosts that pop up where they shouldn't, but look corporeal. Supernatural abilities, elevators of blood. The only thing that makes sense is that none of it makes sense at all. That's a cop out. The end. <laughs> there, yeah, that one's a cop out. There's more going on there. It's not a dream. Whose dream was it? People I died. Guess, I guess. No. Yeah, it's just an alcohol-fueled dream slash nightmare in the man of mind of Jack Torrance. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, number eight. It's about the CIA mind control. CIA ran a classified controversial behavior program, MK Ultra. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is that mind talking? No, I thought about that. No, yeah. that one's dumb. All right, number nine. It's about the Illuminati. It wouldn't be a proper conspiracy theory list without at least one reference to the supposedly power-hungry secret society hell-bent on establishing a new world order. Fans of this theory claim Kubrick deliberately used symbols associated with the Illuminati throughout the shining, like triangles, ladders, the all-seeing eye, etc., as a way of admitting his involvement with the group. Oh, my God. Uh, Furthering the crazy... Presented here is a claim that Kubrick was killed by the group shortly before releasing Eyes Wide Shut. All right. Okay, let's talk about the Illuminati for a second. Um, there, there is no group that can keep themselves secret like that because one idiot would be like, "Don't tell anybody. It's real." In a minute. So mm. stupid. I think it's just a. All right. By the way, if they were that powerful, how come they haven't established this new world order yet? What are they waiting on? It takes time. It takes time, brother. <laughs> oh, Doug's telling they us. They got to get Hulk Hogan back. <laughs> <laughs> get the NWO going. Um, no, I'm not in the Illuminati. That's uh, exactly right, what's last one. This was fucking mm-hmm. stupid. Oh god, the, this yeah, last well, half of the list has been bad. But let's hear it. Oh well, this was the worst. Oh, uh, worse than okay. it inspired Frozen, <laughs> the Disney movie Frozen. Well, the I latest mean, and possibly uh, craziest theory, and and that uh, god damn it, I cannot read tonight. The latest and possibly craziest theory. And that's saying something. Claims that Disney's endless popular animated film Frozen is actually the same movie as The Shining. Some blogger hypothesizes Ice Queen Elsa and Jack are a danger to family members whose uh, validity increases after a long isolation inside a giant ornate 
high ceiling building in a cold, mm. desolate landscape. I mean, those are the only. That, that's the only fucking thing they have yeah. in common. No. Yeah. Elsa doesn't kill her entire family. Frozen's based on like a Norse fairy tale, right? Yes. So, yeah. That is the worst Fuck one. Fuck you, blogger person. I think Quantum Leap is a better theory than that. <laughs> yeah. There are a million other conspiracy theories, but I don't want to get into them. He's just like, Ziggy, get me out of here. Boop, boop, boop. I was, I was about to sing the Law and Order music. <laughs> Law and Order. Quantum Leap. Now that'd be a good... I don't know why they didn't do that one. Quantum Order? <laughs> no. Uh, I like it. I like it. I mean, this movie is... How old? 40 years old? No. 42? 42. 1980. So, mm, no, 38 30, years old. Sorry. 38 years old. It's almost 40 years old. Math is fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so this movie's, this movie's coming up on 40 years old, and uh, we're still, you know, still don't really know what's going on there. So, uh, it's fun to theorize, though. That's really, there's only like that one portion of it. Where it's just like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Because once, like I said, once that door gets unlocked, you're like, all right, something supernatural is most definitely really happening because nobody else unlocked that door for him. So. Unless Jack did it. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Falls down a well, eyes go crossed. She gets kicked by a mule. <laughs> they go back. Ow. Ow. <laughs> what a great movie. Um, okay, well, anything else you want to say about The Shining? I mean, honestly, we could talk about it for hours upon hours, but it's it's so dense. But I will say this about it. It is beautifully made. It is wonderfully acted, and uh, it is fun to watch. It's a really good movie. Oh, yeah. I know it seems like it's dense and confusing, but that's only if you just, like, really want to dig into it. Like, um, it doesn't make it unenjoyable on the surface. It's just a... No, not at all. It's a cool part. If you want to go that extra mile, fucking go watch Room 237 and leave us a voicemail or write us an email at carpenterranspod at gmail.com. And give us your crazy conspiracy theories. Yeah, Tom, what did you think about the movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, only person who gives a fuck to write us or call us. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm curious if anyone else has a theory outside of Quantum Leap, because that's the front runner for me. <laughs> <laughs> We're close to fucking figuring out that it is definitely Quantum Leap. Just waiting on... <laughs> Just wait on wait Scott Bakula to... from Stephen King <laughs> and Stanley Kubrick. Wait on Scott Bakula to show up and just go, "Oh boy!" and then freeze frame and he's in a woman's dress. Dun, 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 dun. I wish I knew anything about Quantum Leap because I'm lost. Man, you didn't watch Quantum Leap it, when you're. It was in syndication. Is it on Netflix still? It was okay. Quantum Leap. I'll give you like a thirty-second breakdown. 
Uh, Quantum Leap is about a guy who was trying to invent time travel, Scott Bakula, um, trying to invent time travel, and uh, there was like a malfunction when he tested it, and so what happened is it sent him through time, but he just takes the place of another person, so he would take your place, and so when he looks in the mirror, he sees himself, but everyone else sees you. And then I guess his involvement in time travel like messed things up. So there's a supercomputer where each episode, they're like, you got to make sure you fix this or change this. So he's just moving through time as different people fixing a situation. And then at the end of the episode, he leaps into somebody else in a different time. Hmm. Yeah. Yes. Baywatch leaps. <laughs> Baywatch leaps. I mean. All right. Uh, anything else to say about this? <laughs> anything else to say about the shining? Nah. They called it. Great. That's a classic oh. for fucking reason. Love it. I do love, love it. it. Scatman Carruthers, everybody. Yep. All right. I need those posters. Yeah. Titty <laughs> posters. Hit me up, Scatman. Um, He's dead or in hell. <laughs> but the titties live on. In my heart. All right, let's uh, move it along. Yeah, it's time to kick it on to uh, everyone's favorite part of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's Caleb Tar, aren't you? It's Caleb's Uh, this week in the Horn Shoe, uh, as you know, the Caleb Horror Horn Shoe is, uh, we go into like the horror movie news of the week, and again, there were some things came out, but nothing stood out to me as much as this one story in particular that I know, uh, <laughs> that we're gonna have some opinions about for sure, and it's Universal's intent on turning the monster serial characters into a movie franchise. A cinematic universe, if you will. Is uh, it Universal or is it General Mills? I think Universal is the one making the movies. Am I wrong about uh, that? Have they already said that they're... I, I thought it was just General Mills saying, hey, oh, they're shopping it out? Idea, okay. Yeah. I got you. Uh, if you got an idea or anything, you know... I thought Get it was. Us up. Got you. Well, um, let's talk about that. Uh, if you're, if, if you're sitting there going, what are the serial monsters? Um, that would be Count Chocula, Frankenberry, and Booberry, and to lesser mm-hmm. degree, Fruit Brute and Yummy Mummy. But yeah, um, I Doug, what's going on here? I don't know. I just I recently just discovered this myself and. Um, I, basically, I, it's just General Mills saying, hey, we want to make movies out of these characters, so uh, let's do it. Now, this isn't going to be the first time. Um, they did have a um, they did have a record 
like a a couple uh, of records. Yeah, what do you call those? Um, novelty records. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not the first time they've they've been out in the public eye like this, but you know, it just seems like these things have been around for so long, and the fact that now somebody's like, "Oh, we can make a movie universe out of this." Um, I think maybe someone is just speaking to the absurdity of movies nowadays. They gotta be, dude. Or just make, just make one movie if that's what you want to do. Anytime somebody announces a cinematic universe they're gonna make, it does never. It never happens. No. Everybody's chasing that Marvel structure, and I'm just that like neon rainbow. <laughs> living that. Living that honky tonk dream. Living that Iron Man dream. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I don't. I don't know. Uh, just why? Just come on. <laughs> why? Get real. They think people are really gonna flood. There's gonna be. There's gonna be. I don't know. Several thousand. There's dudes. gonna be one person in the movie theater watching it, and it's me. It's Doug. It's gonna be. There's gonna be like thousands of dudes our age who are like, oh, I checked that out, but that's. You, <laughs> I don't know who they're selling that to. Kids aren't going to be like, oh, yeah, Me? those cereal monsters I love. Then kids don't give a fuck. Did I do it? I think I might have done it by buying that puzzle. You did it, yeah. <laughs> that one puzzle sold, and they were like, there's interest. Did you buy those glasses, uh, too? To yeah. Them. She bought them for me. Yep, that's right. So, someone out there's gobbling up the merch. Let's make movies. <laughs> I mean, they're cool. Like in this weird, like nostalgic. Oh, I love sort of, those monsters, yeah. uh, mascots. Yeah, well, I think they're great, but I don't, you know, I don't think there's really a story to tell there. No. I mean, is it just going to be a bunch of like serial puns? His name is Frankenberry. No, I want to see a fucking. I want to see a like on the level of interview with a vampire with Count Chocula. Oh man, that'd be great. <laughs> Just like a hardcore drama, you know? Bram Stoker's Chocula. <laughs> uh, yeah. Frankenberry, he's going to tie into the Back to the Future um, universe related to Chuck Berry and Marvin Berry. <laughs> <laughs> this is your other cousin, Frankenberry. Remember this? Frankenberry? Franken now, if there was a scene in the movie where they... they cut to him being in that movie that would be now I think we could write a successful movie but I just setting up a shared universe with the serial monsters is uh, that seems ambitious dumb. it seems ambitious <laughs> you might, that's a fancy word for dumb you might get away with like a 30 minute Halloween special Maybe that's what it's leading up to. Maybe next Halloween they already have it shot and done, yeah. and they're just like advertising for it. Like that Michael Jackson special that came out two years ago. Everybody watch that. Mm-mm. What? You didn't watch the Michael Jackson Halloween special? I'm unaware. No, Ooh, it's weird. Hmm. It's super that was a thing? Yes, it was the first of all. It was the weirdest like CG animation you've ever seen. It was really unsettling to look at. And then these Are you two, making this up? No. These two kids, uh, they go to Michael Jackson's house and like, what was that monkey's name? That monkey's Bubbles. there. Bubbles. Bubbles is there. Um, and uh, 
They played you Michael Jackson. Music. Was it on network TV? Yeah, I think it was on NBC. You Google uh, it? This isn't a real thing. Yep, Michael Jackson's Halloween premiered uh, October 27th of 2017. Yes. Wow. I, I, they did not advertise this. I never heard anything about it. We, I didn't hear any internet buzz about it. We, I know. We saw like a brief ad for it because we watch shows on NBC. And I saw like a brief ad for it like coming up the Michael Jackson Halloween special. And we were just like, wait, What? Wow, there are some well-known uh, voices. We've got Lucy Liu, Jim Parsons, Christine Baranski, Alan Cumming, Brad mm. Garrett. Yeah, and if you is this animated or something? Yes, and it's the weirdest animation. Did you look up an image of it? Like, go to images, just so you can see how the the animation I'll style is too. so bizarre. Yeah, that's it. It's almost like Hotel Transylvania ish. Yeah, but like super cheap. Really cheap. Yeah. It 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 was like the cheapest and I don't know, it was awful. Maybe was it on NBC? It was on CBS maybe. Um but it was the same year because they also made that. Oh, this looks like Bobo ass generic Nickelodeon show bullshit. Yeah, but worse. I'm telling you, it's bad. Was it's, it just an excuse for them to animate the thriller video or some shit? I mean, it's just an excuse to use Michael Jackson's name. I think I don't know, dude. It's dude. This animation is just smoother Jimmy Neutron looking yeah. shit. Dude, it's so bad. Um, Jimmy Butron. Uh, <laughs> He's from no. Louis- he's from Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jimmy Boo. Wow, this is weird. I had no idea this even existed. Dude, you gotta watch it. It's awful. <laughs> is it on YouTube? Probably. There, there's definitely clips of it. You check it out. Because this came out, and the David Pumpkin special came out the same year. I've seen that. Yeah, that was also not great. No, it was terrible. Yeah. But. Okay, so. I don't know what you mean by David Pumpkins. The only pumpkin, the only David Pumpkin thing I know about is David S. Pumpkins. Yes. Tom Hanks. Yes, yeah, that's who we're talking about. What? They made a 30-minute animated Halloween special. Uh-uh. Yes. No. Where they dumb. Where they tried, super dumb. Yeah, like he comes out of the pumpkin patch, like the great pumpkin. It's a whole thing. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's bad. You gotta, you gotta watch it. <sighs> Watch it next year. I'll remind you. It's awful. I'll watch it's it awful. as soon as I get home it. tonight. Yeah, Damn do it. <laughs> it's disappointing. Um, I mean, they, they showed it on the, the Saturday before Halloween. They always yeah. show their you know Halloween special Saturday Night Live. It's just a clip show. And then the last thirty minutes of it was the David S. Pumpkin special, oh, and it was awful. It's stupid. Um, again, it's very dumb. I just said I was disappointed, but it wasn't like I, I saw the commercial and I was like, that's going to be a new classic. <laughs> um, it was just like, it, it was one joke that is only funny because it's Tom Hanks. It was that, that wasn't even that funny. I'm saying, I'm saying if it's anybody else, I think it'd be forgotten. But I think Tom Hanks with that face and that suit, I think that's why we love it. But I, I didn't love it to be. No, I didn't. With, I didn't love it either. Me. I didn't love it either. I just I thought it was funny, but like I just everybody was like, "This is the funniest thing that's ever happened." And then people were wearing that suit, and uh, well, they I already saw that suit at the spirit store. 
Yeah, I saw it. I'd never even heard of David S. Pumpkins until this Halloween when um, I stumbled across that video. The sketch is like three years old, right? Two or three? I just saw it like a month ago. Yeah. It's it's just absurd. But uh, you're like, that's silly. But it really blew up to the point where they paid to create a half-hour animated Halloween holiday special for it. Starring Tom Hanks Starring and Peter Tom Dinklage. Hanks. Yes, Peter Dinklage. Oh my god. Yeah. So you got okay. you got homework. Okay. <laughs> this is a rants recommends. Ooh, uh, speaking of homework, I watched Blowout. Oh yeah. Did I tell you guys this already? No. You were talking about it. Oh man, on the best part of it is when Van Damme finally wins and the cops <laughs> let him go. Out of here. That's such a good part. <laughs> At first, my mom was trying to remember where Van Damme was in that movie. <laughs> well, hang on a second. Uh, that that was it for the horn shoe. Just uh, I just that was that was it. Nothing that was else. The, that was the only news. That's the only thing I thought was worth talking about. Nothing else exciting happened. Oh, okay. Okay. So uh, okay. Now we move on to blowout. I I liked it. I love oh, it. Oh man, it's good. I want some more of it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no, really, I loved it. No, it's great. Um, I don't want Doug hadn't right. seen it. Doug, Doug hadn't seen it. What about that ending? Go ahead and spoil it. I don't care. I'm I don't not. Even, I probably won't see it. <laughs> I don't even remember the ending. He uses the scream in the movie. Oh yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah, it's crazy. He's a sound. He's like a sound engineer for like these these cheap like yeah. I know the premise. Yeah, these cheap like grimy like uh, movies, and uh, you know these girls are supposed to scream and like the beginning of the movie is this guy's like these screams aren't believable or blah blah blah. It's like giving him all this shit, and uh, so he he accidentally like records you know uh a crime like a like somebody dies and then he uh he spends the whole movie tracking down this killer it's john lithgow it's crazy and then um he he uses this uh he like hooks up with this prostitute that he's using to catch this guy and uh she's like the bait to get this serial killer to like kill her and then um she's wearing a wire saying try to catch him well he doesn't get there in time and he kills her but before he kills her she's like screaming and then at the end of the movie he's brought that scream that he recorded to the guy at the who's mixing the sound he's like man that's a great scream and they're just mixing it into the movie and that's the end of it mm. but uh it's it's a good one man blowout's fucking dope i said it last week i'll say it again it was good yeah recommend Yep. And it's uh, on Hulu. It is on Hulu. If you got the if you got the Hulus, watch Blowout. It's well worth your time. Um I don't think I watched I don't think I watched anything else this week. I watched Jurassic World two. It's fun. I liked it. I liked it too. Um Josh and I actually watched both Jurassic World movies this past week because mm-hmm. I had seen neither of them because I'd never really cared for Jurassic Park at all. Yeah. I really liked both Jurassic Worlds. I think I might go back and rewatch Jurassic Park. Well, um You've seen Jurassic Park if you saw Jurassic World. Just worse. 
I mean, I don't know what it is about Jurassic Park that I never liked growing up. I don't know. I think I'd like to give it a shot. Is it the beautiful cinematography or maybe that amazing John Williams score? Uh, Mr. Dean Cundy? Yes. Couldn't Couldn't be the amazing acting by killer ensemble cast. Those are all terrible things. Yeah. Well-written script. I don't know. I have. I think there's a memory I have where there was like a storm. My aunt used to watch us like babysit us during the summer, and there was like a super stormy day, and we were watching Jurassic Park in like a back bedroom of her house. It was really dark, and I think it just scared me really bad. Mm. You thought a T-Rex was coming through the roof. I guess mm-hmm. you were afraid to poop. <laughs> Oh, God. Um, boy, I love Jurassic Park. I just I, yeah, I Jurassic Park that, is great. That the scene with Newman getting spit on—that really scared the shit out of me. Believe you mean character actor Wayne Knight, an American treasure. He will always be Newman to me, yeah. or Stan Podolak from Space Jam. <laughs> now that is oh, a wow. That's a I'm digging a divot. I love that movie. That's a good movie. <laughs> When are we going to do Jamcast? One episode. And maybe a sequel. For the sequel that's coming yeah. out? Everybody get up. Nope. Best time to jam now. I had the, the soundtrack to that. and Actually, my brother had it, and I hijacked it. And I knew every oh, man. single word. Can you imagine buying that? And then can you imagine I'm stealing this from someone else? <laughs> don't know which is more upsetting. Oh, man. Says the guy who owned Willinium by Will Smith. Oh, I had that one, too. Featuring the mm. smash hit Will 2K. Pretty sure I spent my allowance mm. money on that one. Uh, that was the first CD I ever bought with my own money. So. Mm. I think the first CD I ever bought with my own money was the Bone Thugs and Harmony CD. You just see Doug slowly ending the call. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I can't remember the very first CD I ever bought, but I'm sure it was something ridiculous. That wasn't the first one that was bought for me, but that was definitely the first one that I had money, and I was like, I'm picking this. I was like, he's probably the best rapper on the planet. I bought a cassette for Almost myself definitely. before I ever bought a CD for myself. I did buy I a cassette. I bought a Celine Dion cassette. I bought Garth, I had Brooks, a ton of cassettes. Garth Brooks Double Live. This was the first cassette I ever bought. Can we talk about how that is the best country album we'll set of, of all time? It's pretty strong. Anyway, proceed. Sorry. Uh, the first cassette I ever bought was uh, Weird Al in 3D. Mm-hmm. Second, CD, second CD I ever bought was Running With Scissors by Weird Al. Ah. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. We should do the Weird Al cast. I'm being dead serious about that one. That'd be fun. Yeah, I love Weird Al. Oh, man. He's going on tour. He's coming to St. Louis in I June. Know. I know. He's coming here, too, but I won't be here. So I'll be up there. So mm. Mm. Might, mm. Be, might be a date night. Mm. Doug. <laughs> 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 Doug, you got anything to recommend this week? Mm, no. Yeah, I don't think I. I don't, think I, saw, I don't think I saw anything new this week, or you know, of note. 
No, I haven't watched anything that's not fucking uh, stuff that my kids are watching. PJ Masks and fucking oh uh, Sesame Street and uh, my my I introduced my son, my oldest son, to the original Power Rangers. Ooh, is he taking oh, to and it? He loves it. Okay, cool. He's oh, the he right loves age. It, loves it. Yeah. Oh yeah, he eats that shit up. And um, whew, that 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 those first Power Rangers, those are a hard watch now. As They're an terrible. Adult. Uh, we got Elise yeah. and I got excited when they put them on Netflix. I was like, "Man, I used to love this," and we fired it up. Yeah. And uh, it's borderline unwatchable. Yeah, I mean, I just want to see the monster fights and shit. I don't yeah. give a fuck about who stole a cake from the juice bar or any of that dumb shit. Like Hulk and Scully, just show me fucking robots Bulk fighting monsters. Yeah, Hulk and Skull are the worst. Oh my god, there's a. It's a big studio live action movie. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. And I'll probably buy it for him and for Christmas. The original movie? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he keeps asking when this white and gold ranger is going to come. I was like, you got to fucking sit through the green ranger first because uh, he's the best part of the whole goddamn thing. The green ranger is so much better. Man, I remember I was like, man, that white ranger know, suit right? was cool. But then when it, when it happened, I was like, oh, this is... Well, they blew it up because the Green Ranger was so popular. They're like, oh, he's coming back. He's going to be the White Ranger. And I was like, well, you can't fucking capture lightning in a bottle twice. No. They were like, you love the Dragon Zord? however that saying goes. (laughs) You love the Dragon Zord? And we're like, yes, we do. And they're like, well, how about this Mm -hmm. saber-toothed tiger robot? And you're like, that's not, that's not. No. No. You like that little flute that he plays that cool little tune on? Well, how about a little dagger? flute. How about a dagger that talks to him? No. What was his name? Sabu? What was his name? Something dumb. Yeah. That's bad. Yeah, Power Rangers. Watch it if you're five. Yeah. If you're five, you'll love it. Or if you're Phil. Mm -hmm. Phil loves Power Rangers. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. Phil knows. Phil knows. Phil knows what he loves. And he loves it hardcore. Mm-hmm. I wish I wish hey, I had I that. like all the old Japanese fucking kaiju movies and shit. People, yeah. people can shit on them all day, but I love those. That's true. I'm looking at a I'm looking at a pin I put on my jacket for a professional wrestling belt. So that's who I am in life. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. It's yeah. all good. It's all good. Ugh. What's happening? Let's end it. The energy yeah. was gone an hour ago. <laughs> Once you said this movie and Frozen were the same movie, I was <laughs> done with life. Um, yeah, oh, so dumb. I'm going to rant recommends Quantum Leap. I really liked that show when I was a kid. I don't know that it holds up, mm. but it's definitely an interesting idea. Check it out. Man, my dad loved that show. I loved it. Me and your dad, me and your dad probably like a lot of the same stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Anything else? <laughs> uh, nope. what what's next week? Is it Cujo? Creep show. Creep show. Oh man. Never yeah. seen it. Yeah. Oh. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a uh what do you call it? Miniseries? An anthology. anthology. It's an anthology film. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. George Romero, Stephen King. Yep. Good stuff. Yeah. It's going to be. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, next week is Creep Show, folks. Uh, I hope that our Shining conversation was uh, as in-depth as you like. Uh, it's impossible. I mean, we don't have eight hours here to, to break this thing down. Did the best we can. Yeah, we basically just did the greatest hits of The Shining yeah. tonight. That's all, you, that's need. all you need. We can't, we can't fucking discuss the fucking patterns of the carpet and how they fucking relate to the Illuminati and how they predicted Obama's presidency, blah, blah, blah. I can't even talk. But all that crazy bullshit. Watch Room 237 if you want to see that. If you're into weird conspiracies. If you're not into that, watch Quantum Leap and then you'd be like, Caleb's right. Yes. This mm-hmm. is just a live action. If you don't like any of that, watch the Power Rangers on Netflix. <laughs> and if you don't like any of that, watch Jurassic Park. That's That's a wonderful film. It is a great film. Yep. All right, folks. Well, uh, for Hail to the King and TCR, we have been the Nobodies. Uh, I'm Caleb. I'm Doug. I'm Kendall. And you guys know what to do. Keep on ranting. Yep. Thank you for listening to the Carpenter Rants. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podbean. And Spotify.